Today we're discussing Raji, an ancient epic. I'm your host Marcus, and join me today, as always, are the homies. First up, we have Trevor. What's going on? Next, we have Greg. What's up? And last but not least, we got the homie Golo. <laughs> I have been mistaken for other people, so <laughs> I'm sorry. We have the homie Dante. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um, so this is Trevor's first game for the month of July. We're getting to it a little bit late, but uh, I'm going to kick it to him so he can introduce the game. All right. So for this month, uh, or for the first half of the month, we started off playing Raji, an ancient epic. And for some reason, I have a habit of picking games that are like the f- debut game for developers. So there's really no history behind the studio, um, at least not any game history. But um, but I'll I'll do my best. Um, so the studio that developed this game is called um, Nodding Heads Games, and it was founded by um, Ian Maud. And um, I'll just start with him. Um, he gained a job as a junior 3D artist um, with the studio Stainless Software. And I don't know if you've heard of them, but they created Carmageddon. And then he also um, worked for other companies um, in the game industry like Rockstar, Ubisoft, The Chinese Room, and Acclaim. And then he became the lead artist and art director of The Chinese Room, where he oversaw the development and prototype for everybody's, everyone's going to the rapture. And Boo. later... <laughs> Later, Ian became a lecturer in video game art at Pune Institute, uh, where, unbeknownst to him, uh, he would this would be the beginning of a new adventure. He and two other passionate individuals, namely Shruti Ghosh, um, who is an art director, and Avikol Singh, who is a game designer, would team up to form Nodding Head Games. And... Like I said, their only game so far is Raji and Ancient Epic. And it was the first game developed by Nodding Head Games, uh, which is based in Pune. Uh, and I'm probably going to mess up some of these names. Um, but Maha- Maharashtra, India. And the game was developed by a team of 13 people. Um, so this is an indie game. Uh, the developers cited Bastion and Journey as being major influences on the game and also God of War Eco Brothers A Tale of Two Sons and Dante you'll like this Dark Souls as other influences I how (laughs) I literally cannot like I'm that dude that can link two games I do not see the DNA right there (laughs) I, I see it a little bit in Brothers 
But um, Nodding Head Games attempted to secure funding for the game through Kickstarter uh, with a funding goal of, and this is in pounds, 120,000 120,000 pounds in 2017 and I think they had only been developing this game for like less than a year when they started the Kickstarter uh, the campaign raised um, about half that but then fell short of its funding goal and a 20 minute demo of the game was made available as a free download in November 2017 alongside the Kickstarter and I want to say there were two different Kickstarters for this game. Um, both of them failed. Um, I think they were around the same time, though, so I don't know if they were, like, piggybacking off of each other or, um, like, one started after the other. Uh, but neither one of them reached the funding goal. Um, and then the demo was also playable at the Indian Games Expo in 2017, and the 2017 NASCOM Game Developer Conference. Despite securing funding through the Unreal Development Grants Program, which was a $5 million fund supporting developers who were using the Unreal Engine 4, uh, developer Shruti Ghosh had to sell her apartment to sustain the team until they found a publisher. The game was released for Nintendo Switch as a timed exclusive on August 18th of 2020, um, so this was three years later, roughly. And it released on October 15th, 2020 for Microsoft Windows via Steam and the Epic Game Store, as well as PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And then DRM free version of the game was released on GOG.com in March of 2021. And on the review aggregator Metacritic... Uh, the Nintendo Switch version of Raji received a score of 69 out of 100 based on 21 critics, uh, nice. which means mixed or average reviews. Not necessarily bad, just uh, mixed reviews. Um, and most in most of the reviews, players appreciated the game for its original soundtrack, which blends well with the game's theme and setting. The game was also praised for its unique way of telling the history and mythology of the Indian subcontinent. However, criticism was directed towards its dated combat mechanics and its abrupt and unsatisfying ending. Um, the game was, however, still nominated for Best Debut Game at the Game Awards in 2020, but lost to Phasmophobia. This was the first time that an Indian game had been nominated for an award at that show. And that's pretty much all I have um, as far as the studio and the development. Like I said, they're a fairly new studio. Um, and a small team. Um, the reason why I chose this game, um, I know Marcus is going to say this is a Trevor Ash Trevor game. Damn um, right. <laughs> Just Marcus. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, Marcus is going to be the one to say it. I know y'all are thinking it. But, um, you know, this is the kind of stuff I'm really into as far as games. Like, I like lore that's based on mythology and especially when I have opportunities opportunities of learning something new about different cultures. Um, I was, um, another thing that interests me about indie games is I watch a lot of like game developer talks. And so that was one thing I watched about, um, watched, um, while looking up stuff on this game. Um, you know, they were really proud of the fact that this was the first Indian game to reach a global market. And, 
you know, it's an indie game, and I'm all about indie games, especially when it's like a an intimate project where somebody is like telling a, a very specific story or something that's influenced by something specific. Um, another reason why I chose this game was because I think it was either after we played, yeah, it had to have been after we played Dante's Inferno. Um, I was like, we really need to play more games based on ancient epics um, because this game um, is loosely based on um, Mahabharata, um, which is one of the ancient um, Sanskrits um, in India, um, along with, I uh, can't remember the name of the second one. There are two of them. Um, but Mahabharata is one that I read back in um, in a world lit class that I took in college, um, which was probably one of my favorite literature classes because we read a bunch of different epic um, stories um, and so that's another reason why I'm interested in games like this like um, Dante's Inferno and we also played um, Enslaved which is based on Journey to the West or Monkey um, and just like I said learning about the culture like it reminded me of you know other games that are based on or influenced by um games of lesser known cultures like uh there's one called never alone it's influenced by the or it tells the the culture of indigenous people from alaska um i think i tried to get dandara which is a game that was based on the afro-brazilian warrior um during the colonial period in brazil and then mulaka which is another game that's based on an indigenous culture um so yeah, this is a Trevor S. Trevor game. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, the, the, you kind of answered most of it, but what, where, or how did you find out about this game? Did you say that? Oh, um, it was like while I was looking up games that are based on different ancient epics. Um, so I literally typed in like all the ancient epics that I've read, like um, Iliad and Odyssey, um, the Aeneid, um, Gilgamesh. Um, few others uh beowulf and you know of course there's a lot of um modern culture um or pop culture that has used um journey to the west or monkey as influence specifically like dragon ball z and you know of course in a lot of games where there are like playable characters there's always a character based on the monkey the monkey king um but, you know, you never hear about some of the other ancient epics um, from other cultures. And, you know, they're not just Asian um, cultures that have ancient epics or, or European or Anglo-Saxon. You know, there's um, ancient epics from India and, and other countries as well. So um, along with this being an indie game, you know, I really do want to see them get this um this project out into in front of more people so that people can learn from it because as y'all played it you know you saw there's definitely teaching moments in this game um where it's teaching you about the culture of um hinduism Mm -hmm. that was probably one of my favorite parts of the game was that this is such a uncharted territory and uncharted uh mythology i guess you could say that it felt really fresh um and i would love to see more 
games set in like taking Indian mythology or just even like mentioning like it doesn't necessarily have to be because I think this game it kind of introduced like a lot of different stories and it kind of just touched on them you know so that's one thing about the source material um, which I guess is you know the main um, lineage of um, uh, like Indian mythology is like Mahabharata basically tells the story of how all of these gods and deities came to be and how like the wars broke out between these cousins. And I mean, it was like a lot of, you know, this God married this God's sister and, and had kids and these kids, you know, it's a lot of baby mama drama. I got yeah. You. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and that's kind of what's going on in the background of this game. Gotcha. Is there like a specific story? Like, is Raji? I, I meant to look this up, so I'm sorry if you didn't do it, and I, I should have done some more homework. But is there like a story that we could maybe point people to as like this is what this game story is from this ancient mythology or this specific story? Um, I would just say the Mahabharata because I think that is like one of the earliest ancient epics. That and the Ramayana. That's the other one um, from ancient India. I mean, those are the books that tell you know the the struggle between the um, you know the war that was going on. Um, um, but yeah, um, definitely the ancient epics um, because I actually read a shortened version of it. So I, I think if you try to read the full version of it, it'll um, it'll take you a while. Yeah, I think I think I I mean I took with that world lit class as well. Um not with you, but I don't remember reading it, but I looked it up while you cuz it sounded familiar and I think I saw like it's like the world's longest poem or something like mm-hmm. that. So it's 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 not light reading material and like this game does touch on dozens of Indian and Hindu gods and demigods and just like mythology. So like I I really appreciated the introduction that I gave and like just introducing me a western person to it but I kind of wish it was like man like save this for the next game but I also understand like there may not be a next game or you're not necessarily like a second Raji but just you know like you know save some of these deities for it but yeah I I um I I like the exposure to it and I and I do hope that other developers uh tell some of these stories beyond like I was thinking when we were playing Azur's Wrath and I was like they had a lot of Indian mm-hmm. and Hindu named characters and like I think that last boss but I, I don't know if that was I don't want to say them appropriating or them actually telling like the actual story like with the spider that's tricking you I don't know if that's a story from a Hindu mythology or not um, but yeah so Y'all ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so first, I guess, what console did everybody play this on? Because I think I mentioned it's pretty much on every console at this point. I played on Switch. I played on a PC. Switch for me. Okay, Dante and Marcus, did y'all watch any gameplay footage on PC? Like, of the game running on PC? Not that I was aware of. Like, I'd watch somebody do, like, a 
uh, a playthrough, a complete playthrough with no commentary, but I don't know if they called out which system they played on. I don't think I did. I definitely wish I got the PC version, assuming that it's decent. Yeah, from what I saw uh, when I was watching some of the gameplay, it looked like the PC version looked a little better. Like, especially with the animation. Um, And there were a few differences in the game that I noticed, like some mechanical differences. And I think y'all mentioned it as far as like one of the weapons not having a lock-on feature. And that may have had something to do with it. So I'm wondering if Greg um, had better luck with this feature, if it was something that was only included on the PC version or something that was excluded from the Switch version. Um, well, I don't I, know. There wasn't, there wasn't a lock-on on PC, so... Okay. Well, there were certain things. Um, I guess we'll get into it later, and I'll bring it back up. But um, I played on Switch as well, on the Switch Lite. It has a soft lock-on which versus hard lock-on, but... Um, and I guess before we get into anything else, um, Mark, uh, not Marcus, because um, you already kind of mentioned it, but Greg and Dante, do either of y'all have any experience either learning or reading um, about Indian culture or Hinduism? Uh, nope. Not in particular. Is Buddhism adjacent? I was like, I don't want to say mixed. I forget exactly where Buddhist. Um, I do not have an answer for that. What was the question? Basically, Buddhism versus Hinduism. Um, they I, are different. Um, I think isn't Buddhism stem from like like I won't say one god, but like one yeah. central figure. Yeah, that's what I'm reading. Um, Hinduism is based on numerous deities, and Buddhism. Um, I was more like where it originated from. Oh. At least quickly looking at this Wikipedia headline, it says it originated in ancient. And if so, um, game with some really good Buddhism stuff. Don't know if you've heard of it. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Never heard of it. What's that? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I was listening to that episode today, and I was like, Damn, why haven't I sold this game yet? Oh, Man, yeah. It, it makes me sad knowing that you would rather play this than Sekiro. Like, that actually hurts my heart. I mean, this game is kind of based off of Demon Souls anyway, so... Huh? <laughs> oh. Don't fall for it, Greg. They're just trying to get under our skin. It's all right. <laughs> so, um... I've got like a a loose outline for us to go through in this game. Uh, we don't necessarily have to hit every point, but um, uh, Marcus, is there anything in particular you want to start with um, as far as like any aspect of the game, either a story or we can talk about the gameplay mechanics first. Um. Well, do I only get to choose from those two options? Oh no, not at all. Okay. The thing that I really, really, really liked. Well. The thing that stood out initially to me was the environment. I really, really, really enjoyed the environment. I know you said that um, this game had some... It looked better on PC. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, that may well be the case. But I I was perfectly fine with the way the 
environment looked in this game. And I, and I keep emphasizing environment because I don't necessarily think the character models look as nice. But I, it, it did feel like... Um, I read somewhere, I don't know if this is true, um, but that the game was kind of like... Uh, they kind of rushed to kind of finish the game because they were running out of money. And mm. I, it to me, it seems like they, they spent a lot of time on making sure the game looked good. And um, I, I think that that's based off of what I played, <laughs> you know, having played this entire game. I feel like that was their primary focus is like... And I, and I talked to Dante about this. I was thinking, like, if you're like a, a country or, you know, like a, a, a scene that isn't necessarily known for making video games, how can you ensure you have the most amount of, like, the best first impression? And obviously you want to make the best game possible, but I feel like the game has to look good. Like, I, I think maybe even maybe even more important than how well it plays is the game has to draw people in to want to play it in the first place. And mm-hmm. I do think that looking at screenshots that, that I did, I was like, I want to see what's going on with this because it's, it, it's different. It's not something like, it's not an environment that I, the, the mythology aspect of it, it's not something that I've seen before in a game. And I, and I think it looks really good. So that, that was the first thing that drew me in. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too because there was one video I watched. I think it was footage from like the early gameplay demo that they released, but it looked the environment looked good, but it just looked like a regular video game like nobody would take a second look at it. Um, but everything was just very it almost looked like a, a medieval like type of environment it didn't look anything nearly like um what's in this final uh game that we all played i'm sure but yeah that was that was one thing i noticed looking at like older gameplay footage of this game before officially released and i'm glad they made those changes because it it does give the game much more character especially when they are basing it um around this culture like i'm glad they utilized like some of the visual um aesthetics of that culture i think i read something that said like um all people know about india is the taj mahal so we wanted to show them there's more to india than that and i think that's like a really really succinct and like great elevator kind of pitch for Mm -hmm. this game because I mean, you were in, like, jungle kind of environments. You were, in, like, in a desert area. You were, like, at a temples and palaces. And, you you know, like, you, you there was variety. But it felt like... To me, it didn't feel generic. Like, oh, I'm in some type of, you know, ruined temple in the jungle. Like, it, it, it mm-hmm. definitely felt like... I, I don't want to say Indian, but, like, essentially that, you know? Yeah. And I was telling Dante, too, there's, like, many times in this game... Granted, you know, I'm playing on Switch, so I can imagine probably even better on PC, but, like, it's like, if I kind of pause this right here, this this could be a screenshot for, like, my, you know, desktop mm-hmm. background or something like that. So, like, I, I definitely was really impressed with the environment and just, like, how cool everything looked. I, especially, like, the water kind of temple, like, it was yeah colorful and vibrant. And that desert. I I don't know what it was, but the desert was speaking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think every environment had, like, this really nice color palette where it was, like, one color really popped. Like, I think in that temple, 
area that you're talking about it was the blues from the water um like when you're in the desert or the uh i guess kind of like the city there's those reds from the banners that that pop out and then of course in the jungle type area it's the greens from the the foliage mm-hmm. what are you going to say um i guess i i want to say that i wasn't quite as impressed by it and i suspected some of that is due to it being on the Switch. And I don't know, like, I, I also talked with Marcus about this, and, like, just everything looked very muddy to me. Like, I don't know. When I think of good-looking deserts, I think Journey, I think Uncharted 3 had a really good one. Like, I know that's, like, a different scope from this, but Breath of the Wild also had a very good-looking desert. Correct. I think Shadow of the Colossus had, like... Yeah, it did have some deserts, and that was really impressive to me. Like, I know those are operating on a different scale, but I also feel like I've seen other indie games, like I already said Journey, but there have been a couple other ones that have kind of done that motif in a way that I like, that I found more vision. But there were certain moments, like the Water Palace. I took a screenshot there. I think I like the ice area, too. The appeal to me was like the detail in some of the environment too. It wasn't just necessarily this like anywhere I go in here I can just take a screenshot of it. It was like okay if I like Marcus said if I pause and if I could zoom in right here the level of detail in some of the environments was like really outstanding to me. And I was just thinking, like, other isometric games, kind of like what you were saying, other isometric games I played that I I don't feel like they do as much in the background, but I felt like that was uh, a thing that they, it was very obvious that they worked on making sure the backgrounds looked, like, nice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for lack of a better word. You know, they look full and um, complete. Uh, I I didn't... I said all that, but I I was not like I said I wasn't as impressed with the character models and like the I felt like those things looked like they could have done some more uh, brushing up like I, like all the characters like the the enemies you fought they looked um, distinct like it, I didn't confuse this thing for this thing or anything like that but I I didn't really feel like those were as I wasn't as impressed by those. Those and those definitely felt more generic to me. That's one of the things I noticed on uh, on the PC gameplay as well. Like the character models looked a lot more detailed for some reason. But I see what you're saying. Like they do kind of look generic because uh, they do just represent demons or whatever. But when I was watching the gameplay footage on PC, the character models look a little more detailed, especially the enemies. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. When I was looking at some of the uh, character art from the main character, Raji, it seemed like they went through several iterations of that character design. Like, I couldn't find one distinct look for her, because throughout the game you really don't see a close-up of her face. And, like, the times that you would see her close-up was in the cutscenes where they were, like, the marionette, like, Mm -hmm. puppet-style... Which I also like those, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed those I, as well. I liked how they tied that back, and this kind of goes into the story, but um, 
the brother of Raji that you're trying to rescue throughout the game, he is What's like, his name? Uh, Golu. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Walt. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but he is, they're both circus performers, or they work in like a carnival. Um, Raji is, does like acrobatics, and Golu is a puppet master. So the cutscenes in this game are literally like the puppets, um, like the puppet silhouettes that you see, and it has like the little sticks, like you're your controlling, or the person is controlling the puppets. And I think that's a pretty cool approach to the cutscenes. I agree. I agree. And it kind of ties into, like you said, the, the, you know, seeing him as the puppeteer and you're, you're, you're getting those as the uh, cutscenes, And then for her, she's the more acrobatic one. And that ties into the gameplay with the combat mm-hmm. where you're like how you're traversing and how you're what you can do in combat, well, which I good. know that Dante it's a good segue into combat, but <laughs> does anybody else have anything about the um, the environment or the art in this game? Everybody just wants to get into combat, okay. <laughs> All right. It's your time to shine, Dante. Let's go. <laughs> Don't be I'm shy. I'm going to let somebody else do the first blow. Okay, well, I'll start with the combat just to kind of set the stage. You don't want to start with the haymaker. Um, so... <laughs> You play as the character Raji, and like Marcus said, Raji's acrobatics, which is from her circus performer experience, lends itself to being a skilled fighter um, as soon as she's given the weapons of the gods. And the first weapon that you receive is the the trishul or the trident, and that allows, I guess it's kind of like basic attacks. And throughout the game, it'll give you, like, short tutorials where you can go through and hit, like, practice dummies. You kind of follow a shadow around and and perform the same moves as the shadow to um, to learn the different controls and attacks for your um, for your weapon. So I, I guess I, we'll start off with the trident. Well, I was going to say, just speaking on the, the tutorial, I, I really appreciated that. Like, you got to see what you got to see how the game was supposed to be played or not supposed to be played but how combat works but then also getting to see like the here's everything that your character can do with this weapon and here you know like and they they did a good job of setting the dummies like at specific distances where it's like okay if you do this combo this is how many or how far of a area that you can attack versus if you do this one this is how close it is and so I, I, I appreciated that. I, I thought that was cool because I would not have known that the combat, I don't want to say it was as in-depth, but had that much um, variety. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like when you get into like mixing up your um, weapons. Well, not just the weapons, but the, um, the dodge button. So the dodge button, if you hit uh, B, it'll... Like, if you're on the ground, it'll allow you to roll or dodge enemy attacks. Um, but if you're next to a wall, you'll actually do a, um, like, you'll run up the wall and do a backflip off of it. And you can kind of parlay that into a um, an attack if you hit the X or the Y button. 
Um, and depending on which weapon you have, like Marcus said, um, it'll perform a different type of attack. It also, the dodge button also allows you to chain your attacks as well on the ground. Um, so if you hit dodge and roll and then you attack and you hit dodge again, you can kind of lunge to the next enemy um, if they're not necessarily close to you. Um, so it allows you to kind of create your own combos um, by chaining attacks together. I enjoyed it. Uh, I I do have some complaints, but I know that Dante does too, so I, he can probably... I'll let him chime in first. I mean, it's a somewhat, like... I don't want to say anything too mean. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't really care for the combat either. But it's fine. Like it's a very generic beat 'em up. There's not too much. Like there's depth in the fact that the weapons do slightly different things. So you have your um, spear that you start off with, and you switch over to a bow, which is a range thing, and then you get a sword and shield, which is like it's a close distance thing with defensive aspect so it does change a little bit but like you're either hitting xxx or yyy and then the roll just like okay so the roll has a big startup for a roll it's just kind of weird like not saying that that's inherently a bad thing but with the way the enemies attack it can be very frustrating to actually use it and then the other thing about this game being isometric and not having a real lock-on system makes it very difficult to target specific enemies. Or um, One of the big things they show you with pretty much every weapon is, hey, you can run up this pole and then hit this button and do a really powerful attack. The problem is the like hitbox for that pole to do the running animation is so small, you'll roll past it like three times before you actually hit the pole itself. So and, there's and just like a it's kind of, of forgiving. <laughs> like there were a lot of times where I wasn't even trying to run up the pole, and I still ran up it. But I didn't a lot of times, or <laughs> I I didn't I didn't utilize the poles in that way. Like I would do the um the attack where you like spin around the pole because that was a lot easier to get. The only thing I would run up where it would be walls. There was also an issue for me where sometimes in some arenas, I guess, you're so pulled back from the action, and then when you get two or three enemies in close quarters, it's kind of hard to even tell if I even jumped off the pole. Like, I just, I couldn't tell. Like, it's kind of hard to see. Yeah. I mean, the game does look better on PC, but it's like, when you're so so pulled far back from the action, like, sometimes I just can't tell. Like, that's just hard to see. That might just be a me thing, but I think that's fair. I, I don't know. I I know I have kind of high standards for like combat in games, so to speak, but it really didn't feel like that much effort got put into some of the enemies and I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying, Marcus? We had a long talk about it. <laughs> I I know exactly where you're coming from. I, so I wanted I, I really I really 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 wanted to like the combat in this game, and I think for the most part, like I'm willing to overlook definitely more things than Dante is. I second his issue with the pole 
like being able to hop off of it because there there's there's like a the the thing what Trevor was talking about I'm grabbing my switch now I think it was if you hit B and A at the same time that would be the little spinny attack and that um that was very easy to do but the for whatever reason the B button was both the roll and the jump button and so you had to be at a certain distance in order to like get the proper animation and uh especially when you're facing the pull and because it's an isometric game uh one of the things that i ran into that i think kind of greg kind of touched on too is just how not precise the controls are so you had to be like the perfect distance from the pole pointing the joystick in the right angle in order to get the jump animation to jump off the pole versus just rolling past the pole and um I didn't really care for that because the the types of attacks you would get jumping off the pole or even jumping off a wall, which was a lot easier to do, um, were way had a wider radius and just like you could attack more enemies than just the spinning attack that uh, was very easier to do. It was easier to do. Um, So like a lot of my complaints with the combat was the lack of precision that I felt where um, it, it reminded me of another Trevor S. Trevor game. Um, it reminded me of, like, when I say Trevor S. Trevor game, just on the strength that you chose it, not because you liked it, but how in love Forgotten Anne was with, with its animations. This game gave me a hint of that, where it was just like, I don't want to see this animation. This is what I wanted to do, but now I'm seeing this thing. And um, uh, there there was a... I, I didn't appreciate that. I, I felt like... Uh, I I wanted the game to allow me to cancel stuff and just be a little bit faster pace than it actually was, and um, that was my main issue with combat. I did enjoy being able to swap you know weapons on the fly once we unlocked them, but I also uh, another knock is like I didn't enjoy combat until we got the shield. Honestly, I felt like that kind of. Because I felt like I was personally, I was dying a lot in combat and I was getting, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but like what Dante was saying with the, um, the role. And then also, wasn't there like a lack of invincibility to Dante once you got hit? Yeah, there was, um, how do I even say? It's not necessarily like there are iframes in this game. And I know that's a very technical thing that I wouldn't like critique a game for, for not having, but there are certain enemies that have attacks that shoot out multiple projectiles. And essentially, if you get hit by one of the projectiles, that does not give you that invincibility period that one would expect, typically. So, in specific, there was like a goblin that would jump up and then shoot these bombs at you. And he would shoot like a spread of five. If you just happen to be close to like when he started shooting it and you got hit by like three of those, it would just melt your health. Did y'all did y'all have any issues with that character, <laughs> or is it just me and Dante? Uh, I don't remember specifics as far as like I, I do remember there's sometimes, and I guess I just didn't pay attention enough to it, but there's definitely times where I noticed my health just you know just going way like just 
going away pretty quick. And I couldn't figure out why, but I guess that makes sense. Uh, the way Dante explained it, what, what might've been causing it. Like in general, I don't think I have like an issue with combat in general, but I did die enough times for it to be annoying where it was like, okay, I'm not enjoying this combat. And then me having to replay it again because I just made some mistake or I just, you know, I wasn't paying attention or whatever. It's just not doing it for me right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I only had one issue with combat. Just one? Just one. (laughs) You didn't get enough. Like Dante said, (laughs) this combat was extremely simple. Uh, There, there wasn't a whole lot to it. The, there is some depth to the uh, the attack system, but as far as combat, like any type of enemy encounters, it was very simple. The issue that I had, the single issue, the only issue I had, was switching weapons. Is it seems like it's very awkward to do on the fly. My dude, I had this exact conversation with Marcus. I am glad you pointed it out because I would have forgot. Because you yeah, have to take your thumb off of the, um, it makes no sense. Yeah, it makes you basically have to stop no moving sense. to change weapons. So yeah, I'm sorry for no, I'm passionate about this. I'm very passionate because <laughs> this game, um, you know, it's an indie game. It doesn't have the most in-depth combat, which some of the buttons on the controller just are just going used. So I think both of the bumpers on the switch don't get used one of them might get used the other one might not and then the entire right stick isn't used and where any literally just about any other action game would have had like oh you can fast switch between weapons with like the bumpers or you could use the right stick to mimic what they have you do with the you know little d-pad mock thing they have on the joy cons um they decide to put it on the D-pad, which means you have to take your hand off of the thumbstick that you're using to move the character in combat, jump it down, fiddle with these stupid Joy-Con buttons, hope you got the right weapon, kind of have to look at the screen. You have to like look back up at the screen to confirm, oh, it did switch, and then put your hand back on the thumbstick and then go along with your merry day. I cannot believe... That makes it makes no sense, none. Well, that I would was be my real issue. <laughs> I would be real. That was not even an issue with me. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't cycling through weapons to be honest. Uh, in 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 combat, like I was like, okay, I'm about to fight these type of enemies. Like, it was just like, okay, I'm gonna use this the re- the entirety of the combat encounter. I wasn't like, okay, now I'm gonna switch to this other thing. I, I was never doing that. I felt like you had to do that at some points. Well, maybe you didn't, but like there were a few times like there's the like aerial the enemies or whatever. Enemies. Yeah, like you kind of have to switch to the the bow for those or I guess you'd have to just wait till they got close enough to hit them with a like a melee weapon. But yeah, I would switch to my bow whenever uh, I needed to take them out. But outside of that, I would just rotate between the the staff and the sword. Well, I guess once you got the sword and shield, I just kind of use that for the most part, except for those guys. But I, I mostly use the bow. So I was already, I guess by default already in, in that or using that weapon. So 
I, it wasn't until like I got the other elements, more elements that I, I kind of experimented a little bit more. But like, yeah, for the most part, I was already using the bow the majority of the game. So speaking of elements, this game has a simple upgrade system. Um, throughout the game, you'll pass by these little shrines and collect orbs. Some of the orbs will give you health. Other ones will actually give you like a uh what do you call it an upgrade point yeah uh, like a what point, they call it an orb or, or no what they call it an orb or yeah basically like just ability points that you can yeah, add yeah. and they give you um the abilities give you elemental powers to your weapons or to your attacks and the first one that you have access to is lightning and each one is based on a different uh, deity. It's like the three main deities in Hinduism. Uh, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. And Brahma is the first one, which gives you access to the lightning abilities. And to me, they are all pretty much the same. Just kind of different styles and colors. Uh, yeah. Because you have one that chains the attack between enemies. You have another one that stuns the enemies and then you have the other one that like has an attack that rains down something on the enemies it's like a not even an aoe but it's just like this is automatically going to happen on Mm -hmm. the peripheral like you don't have to uh trigger it to happen Um, but in order to add these abilities you basically take an ability point and you upgrade them you can upgrade them three times uh, and it's based on whichever weapon you assign it to and i know is a little different on PC the way you select it in the menu. Um, but the controls on um, Switch to navigate the upgrade menu were really <laughs> impossible. <laughs> really uh, bad. And I didn't even try touching the screen. Do y'all was it touch screen? I honestly I didn't try. Um, to to be honest, I I highly doubt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that it would work. So I should have tried touch screen because when I went back to look at those, of course the game you know starts your progress over it once you finish it, which is of course yeah another thing that I was like very annoyed about. Um, Irrationally, yeah, because so. Marcus was trying to give me like I was having an issue where I was like okay, they they give you this menu with all these upgrades, and I was at least halfway through the game, so I just assumed I was doing something wrong because I kept messing with the menu, and I'm like, I can't switch off a of lightning. And I was apparently like five minutes away from the next upgrade, but the game really didn't make it clear that that was the case. And then when Marcus booted up his switch to be like, okay, let me just tell you exactly what buttons you need to do hit to do this. It's like, oh, well, I actually have to... Play through the, the first 30 minutes if I wanted to tell you that. So <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> Would you believe me if I told you when I was watching the early gameplay footage, like from the demo, that the upgrade menu looked even more confusing? How? It just looked like a nightmare. I'll see if I can find a screenshot of it um, so I don't have to go through the whole video. But it just from a... Um, um, a user interface kind of standpoint, it, it wasn't. It didn't look that great. Okay, so, like, let, let's let's do what we can to try to explain why it sucked. Um, 
<laughs> so to access the upgrade system, um, it reminds you anytime you pick up an ability orb, but you hit the minus button on the switch. I'm sure it's similar for you, Greg, um, on PC, but um, it takes you to this menu and the the orbs are displayed the orbs that you have that are unused are displayed on a peacock which is relevant to the story kind of and you can cycle through the weapons and the abilities that you want to use but you can also cycle through the gods that are like in order to it's it's weird because you have to assign the abilities to each weapon but all of your all of your abilities feed off the same pool of orbs that you have it is like the most boneheaded backwards thing for encouraging like experimentation because let's say you have 3 of these orbs and you have 3 weapons so if you really want to have a fully upgraded weapon you're going to put all 3 into one weapon and then if you wanted to ever use anything else and have it feel upgraded, you'd have to unequip all the orbs from the first weapon and then move them over to weapon two, which means weapon one has literally zero like orbs or upgrades with it now. Makes no sense. It also just wasn't clear that things were only equipped to one item. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like why like I never thought like, oh, when I use the trident because I, I was using the uh, lightning, the stun uh, upgrade on the bow. And I was just thinking, like, when I use the trident, like, I don't see this. But then when I go to the thing, like, when I'm scrolling through, from what I can tell, it, like, is universal across all my weapons. Um, and I, obviously this was early on in the game when um, you only have the one element. So I was just thinking that it's universal across all the weapons. Or, you know, the two that you have at the time, but that was not the case. And it wasn't until I got the third element that I was like, oh, one per item. Okay. And then th that's when, and I was just like, at that point, I was like three fourths of the way through the game. And I was just like, I wish it was a little bit more clear in the beginning because I wouldn't have felt as, I would have experimented more. And, and I, I just felt like it didn't, like what Dante said is like, because the menus were so, hard to navigate through not hard but just frustrating and annoying to deal with i opted to just kind of keep everything as it was and i just stuck with one weapon for the most part <laughs> yeah it was like that whole upgrade system was kind of confusing to me and the fact that i wasn't even enjoying the combat i wasn't very compelled to even dig deep into like trying to figure it out it was like okay well i'm just going to spend this point on something and I don't know exactly what it's going to, but I'm just going to spend it and just move on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of how I was, like, dealing with it. So the yeah, and another thing I had an issue with was, like, <laughs> as Trevor said, they have this peacock that essentially the three feathers, or, yeah, I guess they're feathers, um, represent, like, the abilities per weapon. So you have, like, on lightning, you have a chain lightning ability that you can equip three orbs to. You have a um, lightning bolt that comes and strikes enemies randomly ability that has three orbs. And then there's, like, um, one that just stuns the enemy that costs three orbs. So they have the orbs down there, 
But then they also have the peacock's head, and, like, on the back of its head, you see, like, three, like, there's six sets of them, but each one has three orbs. And at first, I'm like, oh, okay, so I need to put things into the peacock head because it's glowing, and I assume maybe it just, maybe it raises my base level or something. No, those are just your stored ones that you have extra of. And it doesn't tell you by any stretch of the imagination that, oh, you need to... like your um, ability bank. Exactly. Yeah, it just just wasn't ideal. Like, the the, the frustrating part with the menu system was, like, you had to use the D-pad to move once you were on a selected topic, whether it was, like, your orbs or your... um, god or your uh abilities or your weapon but then you had to use the the zl or zr i think it was mm-hmm. in order or no the, the l and r in order to swap between each of these different topics and then you yeah. had to use like a to and then the other thing was a and b were reversed um so b was the move forward button to, to equip this, and a- this all could have been resolved if they just added a cursor to the menu <laughs> make it a destiny line. I mean that's basically how it is on PC like you use your cursor to um, to select things uh, from what but, I saw in the gameplay Marcus is 100% right though because like when you're trying to toggle between weapons in that minus menu or whatever you use B to toggle between weapons but then when you hit LB to get to like oh I want to equip these orbs that unequips the orbs mm-hmm. so it's just not in sync with itself. That was the most annoying part, just uh, accidentally unequipping an orb. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh I crap, did that so how do I get back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean... <sighs> I guess this is where they wanted to utilize those unused uh, buttons on the controller. I could have done a better job than that. <laughs> I just I want to reemphasize to the audience... This probably sounds like a nitpick, but it's an actual issue. Like it's a, it's like a capital I issue with this game to me. So and and uh, what I tried to explain to Dante because we were we were talking about it. I we actually I called him and I was just like maybe this game was you know like I, I think I've heard on the Beastcast said before where it's just like you know and and Japanese culture and in Japan you know X is the back and circle is the move forward so i mean we do that here in the united states i'm like when you pay for something with the credit card the inner button has the circle and then the cancel has the x so that mapped fantastically to the sony and the, the playstation controller so you know you have the the move forward is where the traditionally the b button is if you're talking microsoft or xbox speak and the a button is the x button so i was like maybe you know maybe that's not just a japanese thing maybe that's an asia thing so like the like that's just what they do all over but then when i saw that this game was developed on switch first or initially i was just kind of like well that throws this all out the window and i'm like i know technically like the a button and the b button are switched on the switch versus the the uh um xbox but i was like at the very least can we like change our controls or something (laughs) like (laughs) it was so weird (laughs) so yeah i i it was frustrating because i'm you know i am of the the group i am the person that likes to collect everything and so like i was like 
I won't say going out of my way, but I was like, oh, I think there might be an orb over here. And sure enough, there is. So I was getting a lot of orbs and I was upgrading my thing. But it was just like every time I was just like, okay, how do I do this again? Like every time, like there was never a point in this game where I was like comfortable in the menus. And that even like expanded to the puzzles in the game, too, where it was just like, okay, how do I turn this thing? Absolutely. It's just like every time I had to interact with the menu in this game whether it be like the upgrade menu or like the puzzles just to like do like it it just was like wonky um it wasn't like unplayable but it just was like unpleasant (laughs) i can agree with you i was gonna say one of my biggest impressions was i feel like this game potentially didn't get as much play testing as a lot of other games do yeah i mean i i think that's probably true i think it definitely benefit from from some quality of life um upgrades or improvements i feel like i had one other like nitpick like i i i don't know like i I think it to me it feels like i'm negative on the game but i I do feel like the majority of this game was combat and that just wasn't a pleasant experience and that kind of tainted or or painted my a lot of my experience with this game were you about to say i thought it was a pretty good mix of platforming and like i would say it's almost 50 50 well, we haven't talked about the platforming yet. <laughs> I know. I've, I've I've been waiting. Okay. Well, let's. Let, I mean, does it? Does anybody have any other com, uh, combat comments? Uh, no. I think I'm good on combat. So, what you got, Dante? <laughs> um, how do you guys feel about the platforming in this game? So it's fine. I think Marcus mentioned it earlier when you are um when you're in combat. The uh, what is it? The B button basically does everything. Like you use it to roll, use it to run up the wall, and that's pretty much what drives the platforming. Is you use it to jump, use it to um, to clamber up like walls and stuff. Yeah, but how did you feel about like the actual platforming itself? I had some issues with, like, a lot of the jumping felt a little off to me. And then just, like, sometimes the angle they gave you for, like, a platformer (laughs) seemed really wrong and messed up in certain ways. The only only thing I had, the only issue I had with uh, platforming was climbing and jumping from, like, one vine to another. Oh, man, I had to tell Dante the hack. What, to wait until your hand comes yep. up? Yeah, I figured that out. Like, most games do that, but it just takes a little bit longer in this game for yeah. her to, you have to let it sit for a second. Like I said, I, I think this game, like, I think the game is in love, or the developers were in love with the animations, because there was so many times where I was just like, oh, I'm jumping from this thing to this thing, and then my character lands, and then I have to see the rolling animation, and then I would roll off the ledge. Uh, to my death and <laughs> or um, like you said uh, like I, the, the, the animations kind of felt a little bit funky and just like why, why are they there for no reason um, or just like it took a while to get from one to the other so like you said like you had to just wait there for a little bit before a hand went out um, but then same thing too. I because because everything was reliant on that single button. It took me a little bit to get used to the wall running. Because like when I wanted to do the wall running, 
sometimes I would just literally like, you know, to go across a gap. Sometimes I wouldn't, I guess, position the joystick at the right angle. So then at the correct angle. So then I would just literally just run straight up the wall. And so like I I, I had some issues. Um, I think also just because someone Greg had said earlier, you're like so zoom far back from um, the stuff that it, it's and and you're playing iso- isometric, so it's not necessarily like a side-scrolling thing. So it just those two things kind of contribute to it kind of being a little bit wonky. So I think like a tighter camera would have helped that out for sure. Also, the fact that you couldn't jump unless you were next to a ledge, right? Mm-hmm. My yeah, you would just run up to the ledge and do the wavy arms looking down kind of thing, you know. It. It made it really awkward sometimes where, like, I didn't know if the button... Like, I did not rely... I could not rely on stuff to work in this game sometimes. Like, the... I posted something in our personal, like, Facebook Messenger group where I was running into a glitch where I was trying to run up a wall. And theoretically, I would, like, hang on to a ledge. But for whatever reason, um, the main character was grabbing onto this invisible ledge and then I literally could not do anything. And I I had to reset my switch three times because it was just recreatable. I did it three times trying to figure out the controls because like it was my second time playing the game. I had put it down for like two or three days and I'm like, okay, I don't really remember like what the hang button is or whatever and I forget what button combination I pressed. But three times my game more or less soft locked. I didn't run into any technical issues like that. Yeah, I, I was I was worried, not worried, but Dante. That was one of the first things when he's like, "Have you? Are you playing on Switch too?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I think did you like look it up and see that there were some issues with the Switch version that that was like a persistent thing, depending it on what version fu- of the game you were playing, like the updated or not. Yeah, well, when you were trying to help me with the whole menu thing, I happened to Google a, I forget what newspaper it was, but essentially they wrote a review about it, and like one of the last lines in the article was, um, the developer has been notified about this jump glitch that I've run into, and it should be patched in the near future, and then I looked at the day of the article, and it was like, August or September of last year. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But it like to a T, it was the exact same thing that I was running into, so I'm like Good to know. What about you, Greg? Did you have any issues with the the platforming or Uh not really, other than like I think a couple times I died due to thinking I was at the right angle jumping from like a um uh, what is it like? You'd have to slide down poles or whatever, yeah, and like yeah. sometimes I would be at the wrong angle, like just slightly off, and it would miss. But I think somebody mentioned it already. You have to look for when they reach out, and then or did anybody mention that already? Yeah, I, I did. Okay, okay, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, so you have to kind of pay attention to that. But once I figured that out, that was fine. But outside of that, yeah, no, I didn't run into too many issues. I was trying to think of anything else. Uh, like the lily pad stuff was messing me up a couple times because I think I would misjudge where to throw one and uh, I just couldn't make the jumps but that was just like I guess me just messing stuff up but yeah in general I don't think I had too many issues with it I just 
I didn't find it, you know, too uh, too engaging. I guess mm-hmm. just kind of. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the lily pads. Now that I remember it, uh, it wasn't necessarily a like a technical issue or anything, but I remember the first couple of lily pads I did. I think that one of the earlier ones gives you multiple lily pads, but then you have to actually count how many of those um, flowers or whatever you pick in order to throw them. You have to count how many are on the stem before you throw them because it gives you a set amount for each um, for each gap. I actually never. I, I noticed that, but I didn't. I just thought they were going to respawn after a while. I didn't realize it was yeah. a finite amount. Because if if it only gives you like one lily pad per gap or for that specific gap, if you go back and try to pick up another one, oh, it'll your, yeah, one it'll despawn. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I, so, I didn't realize that. I noticed that the fish could eat the lily pads. Yeah, yeah. I saw that too. That never happened in my game when Dante told me that. I was like, I don't know. I think maybe your game is glitching nah, again. It, it Dude, happened they a couple ate of so times. Many. I think it does it do it if your lily pad is there for a long time or if they just happen to be around. Every time I noticed it, there was a fish around and I don't know if it was like maybe my assumption was it was eating it, but I, maybe I'm wrong and it's just like, oh well, these two pieces of geometry collided with one another. And we need one of them to despawn. I don't know. Got him. It felt like it was more based on time than anything, but I couldn't tell. But there was some times where it was like conveniently the fish was going by. So I don't know if it was like one of those things or not. Didn't you say you also ran into like you jumped on a fish's back, Dante? Yeah. So literally one of the instances with the fish dissolving the lily pad, like I was jumping to the lily pad. The fish came under it and it was dissolving. And I'm assuming it felt like I jumped on the fish's back because it almost had like a little like sink in its animation right there. And maybe it just was perfect timing where I just got the lily pad like right before it was, you know, instant death if I fell. But but no, I definitely know that the fish can despawn the lily pads because sometimes I just throw them out there and like literally like one and a half seconds later it'd just be gone. The... um. So the main thing with the platforming for me um, was that trippy sequence where... Oh, yeah, towards the end. Yeah, where it's like she has the the regret, the self-doubt, I guess you could say. Like, she's not going to be able to save her brother. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the platform... Like, there's, like, a weird effect. It's almost kind of like like, like... 3D glasses are required. Um, like the colors aren't lined up and, re- and registered, and there's like a warping that's happening. So the platforms that you're jumping to, and just that little sequence, it, they're they're coming in and out of perspective. They're shrinking and they're moving, shrinking and uh, what do they call it? Uh, sizing up. I can't think of the word now. Um, growing and um, that part was particularly like I died a ton at that part on the platforming because it's just like oh I didn't have the exact angle um I think I mentioned this to you Dante like this was like the one part where I was just like oh the platforming of this part sucks (laughs) that one I didn't actually have too much of an issue with until like that very end part and that wasn't even really platforming per se at that part gotcha yeah I just I I did not care for that part that was just like oh like 
I, I'm pretty uh, forgiving and willing to overlook things, but for whatever reason, especially when it comes to platforming, because I do enjoy playing platformers, but that part, I just was like, I'm not enjoying this at all. Like, I get what it's doing in the story and trying to convey, but, like, mm, this doesn't feel, like, well-designed. Anything else? I don't want to jump too far ahead, but um, can we go into the most brothers aspect of this game? I think it was, wasn't it that same part that Marcus was talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the puzzles, my man, or puzzles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. But, yeah, the, the, the end part of my sequence, too, was the part where you're controlling... Was their name uh, Raji and Deep and, and Golu? You remember that when I played that, I was like, "This is why Trevor picked this game." <laughs> Do you remember? I mean, there's definitely the the puzzles were exactly the same as the brothers' puzzle. You know, like I don't, they weren't the same. They were just light puzzles. I don't think it was meant to like stump you or anything like that. <laughs> Brain I mean, picklers. they weren't puzzles, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Rotate this thing here. Is, rotate this thing. I mean, here. it's not necessarily a puzzle game. It's not, but <laughs> I think that's what their intention was. Like, I, I think of Uncharted and like the other like platformy adventure games, kind of like this. And I feel like they were like, okay, well, we're gonna present this person with this thing to interact. with. Like I keep wanting to say puzzle, but that's not the right word here. It's not because they you have the rotating ones. They're both rotating. And you have the the floor. Uh, it's like a, a image that you have to basically put back into place. So you're rotating this this stone floor in order to recreate the image. And then there's also these trees where you have to rotate the different segments of the tree in order to. Um, uh, create something those are the only two right was there another one don't forget about the cogs where you rotate the cogs oh Oh, yeah yeah. yep 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 so yeah there's just a lot of rotating and and honestly it was it it you it utilizes the same exact um control c uh as the menu stuff so it wasn't necessarily like i feel like it was it was fine in this in this part of the game i didn't have as much of issues if that part was touchscreen based, maybe that would have been a good input implementation for that. Just like pick whatever layer of the circular puzzle you want to, and then just spin it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. But what were you going to say, Trevor? I thought you felt I felt like you were about to say something. Um, I don't think I was. You were talking. You guys were talking about the uh, the other puzzle. So there was like the the tree, the. Oh, the the cog. That's what it was. Never mind. I don't know. I I didn't. They're fine. Like they weren't like. I don't know. It was just like something different. I guess. I I, I didn't see it as a. I'm 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 with Trevor. I didn't see them as like they were supposed to be difficult or puzzles. It was just kind of like, you know, you got your platforming, you got your combat. Let's let's throw these in here too, so you have a little bit of break in between and like no, no, a I think way they to were, like, tell the story. Yeah, I was about to say they were just meant as ways to to tell the story because. Whenever you completed one of the circle puzzles, it like showed you a piece of Raji and Golu's past, like them together. And then whenever you finished the tree puzzle, it was supposed to like help Raji reveal like how to get to Golu or how to rescue Golu. So I think they it was just more so for um, story delivery. 
Yeah, it, it wasn't offensive to me the way it was for Dante, I guess. Very insulter um, intelligence. You're you're the you're the 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 puzzle stickler though too. You have a a lot higher um, what's the word? Um, I feel like a puzzle should make you think. Sure. Well, maybe if the, you want to. Maybe my standards are too high. Darn it. <laughs> I don't like I said. I don't necessarily think of it as a puzzle because even with those circle ones, like yeah, I initially like after the first two, I thought they were going to get more difficult to the point where when you're turning one, it rotates the second one somewhere else, Mm -hmm. and so you have to because I've seen that in other games, so you have to figure out the right sequence of which ones to turn and which direction. Um. And then, of course, the tree one, I don't know how that one can get any more difficult. It's kind of like when you when you see those maybe, kids on... Maybe they um, use more than one tree. Um, Legends of the Hidden Temple. When they're putting the, the statue together. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, the thing with the tree is you couldn't see the entire tree, yeah. but then you were helped but because... The thing, with, Go ahead. the thing with the tree is it's the exact same freaking tree every single time. Like, at first I didn't notice it, but then I did the third one. I'm like, wait a second. I've done this exact one. And I'm 99% sure those trees are the exact same. I'm pretty sure they were, but I guess what I was saying is, like, you can't see the entire tree. Uh, It doesn't really matter because they have those statues that are, like, or whatever is going on in the background that you're putting back together as you're, like, tell that you are close to solving the the brain tickler. (laughs) If we're not going to call it a a puzzle. (laughs) I don't even gold butt. <laughs> they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Like uh, I, I would say, uh, most offensive to least offensive. They 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 rank lower for me. Like the menu was up there as being the most offensive. I think this was a blip. That's fine. Um, they also had a stealth sequence, which. Yeah. Well, can, can we talk about the other? Yeah, I was going to say let's let's talk okay. about that one. Like as we go through the story, actually. So yeah, if, if like, we talk about the bosses, do you want to just go through the the story really briefly? I'm not going to yeah, hit every yeah, single you, part of. It. So you go ahead because I don't know what was going. On. I mean, like, <laughs> well, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, uh, it's a very simple story. Uh, you are playing the character Raji, and. You, you and your brother Golu are circus performers or carnival performers, and your brother Golu, along with other kids, is kidnapped. And by demons, yeah, by demons, and apparently this is reminiscent of like the conflict from um, the deities in um, Hinduism, and um, that kind of puts. Um, Raji on this path to rescue her brother and the gods kind of bless her with these weapons in order to save him and that's how she gets the um the trident at first and then she goes I guess along these trials and they they deem her worthy of the other two weapons um that she gets in order to um to rescue her brother um so I guess it's kind of divided into acts in the first act, you meet up with the Chieftain, and that's the boss that is uh, trolling the fire weapons at you. Um, and this area is basically, it's kind of like a generic streets of 
India type environment. Um, actually, you come out of like a. There are like a, a few caverns that you come in and out of at the beginning, um, but other than that, you're like on the streets of India, and um, that's when you're fighting mostly just like the the demons. They're they're like trolls or imps that you're fighting, and the first boss. Um, that you run into is the chief ten. I don't think he had a, a name, uh, but he's the one. Um, when they show his cutscene, he is basically taking the children and, I guess, seeing if they are are worthy. And like he would take some and throw them off a cliff, and then once he gets to Golu, he I guess he notices this is this is the one. This is Neo. He's the one, and um, he opens up a portal, and you know, like, um, ah, what's the enemy on um, Samurai Jack? I can't think of his name, but that whole. Oh, I thought somebody. I was never gonna... watched it. <laughs> really? You're talking about a coup? Yeah, a coup. Like, it was just like this this running gag. Like at the end of every episode, right when right before Jack is about to defeat him, he opens up a portal and and goes to another like world but he um but yeah he tosses golu into the portal um and so you you face off against the the chieftain so first boss what did y'all think you're gonna have to remind me uh what was the that's the one that twirls the fire and he'll he'll like throw them at you i don't know i was i just mashed buttons i just rolled away i just rolled away and shot a bunch of arrows (laughs) Yeah, I feel like he kind of just. Did you have arrows the, at this uh, point? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he did. I'm oh, okay. pretty sure I did because I used yeah. that. Um, what is that one? The 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 one where you could rain the arrows down on the person. Mm-hmm. I kept using that on him. Yeah, I just kind of waited for him to whiff the uh, the big attack, and then I would go in with the staff, and then once you take enough health down, he starts just kind of spinning around with the. Uh, the fire, yeah. so I would just kind of use the arrows, and then uh, if he did corner me, I would just abuse the invincibility on the roll and just roll through the roll through the stuff, and then just go back to the other side and finish him off. Yeah, there wasn't too much to this boss. It has some cool animations, but as far as defeating him, it it wasn't really that difficult. Would you do Dante? <laughs> Beat his ass. <laughs> Dante. Nice strategy. Nice strategy. Oh, he said this one was um, tougher than than Sekiro. <laughs> I'm surprised that Greg went in with his staff on that guy because I feel like anytime I tried to do anything close range, I just got melted. So I ended up just spamming the arrow against him. Hell yeah! Spray and pray. Now that you mention it, I think that's what I did for like his last phase when he's basically just like swinging wildly. Because if he does, because yeah, the thing is, he changes from kind of like swinging long range to swinging short range, and if he's swinging short range, you don't like you could hit B and dodge, but it's still going to take like a second for it to activate. Shade. <laughs> We're alive. Yeah, nah, yeah. I had to. I mean, yeah, but like I think once you're in the anim- animation. You're just like invincible, pretty much. So I would just like do that to get out the way. I, but I was using the arrows at that point, like once he switched forms. But yeah, before yeah, that, you just fantastic. Kinda... Once you're in it, 
Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's just it a startup. Get out of jail free card. But that startup. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then after that, you I can't remember exactly how you get into the water area. Um, but Don't you have like a vision or like something takes you there and you wake up. Like I thought you wake up in the water area. I can't remember. I didn't make. I didn't even write a note down on that one. On how you get between those two, but this one, the enemies kind of change up a little bit because you start to see some flying or floating enemies. They're not necessarily like imp-like or or trolls that are, are swinging at you. I think they do add some of those in there, um, but for the most part, you're fighting the the flying enemies, and this is where you run into the um, the cogs that we mentioned. Um, those short sequences as well as the lily pads yeah I, I think I, I can say this is my favorite part of the game I think this is my favorite sequence not necessarily boss wise but just game wise I think I enjoyed it the most and as far as bosses you do end up fighting Rangda and Rangda I looked up Rangda to see if it was like based on any particular um, deity in Hinduism, and it's actually based on a, a Balinese mythology. Yeah, I saw that this game had it was both. It was um, uh, in Indian and uh, Bali, uh, India and Bali mythology. Mm-hmm. So, and they said the chieftain may also be based on the same mythology. Um, but it is a little bit more generic. But this one, actually, you know, the name is very specific, um, gotcha. and it and it is sort of connected to, um, I think, Vishnu. Maybe they're like counterparts, like how they have um, Norse and Roman Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For what was this boss though? Oh, that's the one that um, creates like the the circles on the ground that you have to dodge. Oh, you have to, like, attack its fingers? Yeah, and then it swipes at you. I like this boss, but at that point you had the, um... The... The shield, mm-hmm. and it made it very, very tribu- trivial. <laughs> I think you had to use it, because there, is there any way to dodge, like, when she uh, blows her hot breath on you? No, I, I think you automatically took that damage, but, um... If you I use the shield, you- it blocks it. Yeah, yeah, but like it was, you could use the shield for every single one. You could use the shield for, except for the little circles. But like when she did the little finger thing, mm-hmm. you could use the shield for that. Because I was, like, I died a couple times on that boss because of the hot breath because I hadn't realized that you're supposed to use the um shield. But once I figured that out, then I was like, well, can I use it on this little, you know, claw attack? And when I found out you could, I was just like. Oh, I've been rolling out the way and everything. <laughs> now, you know, now, like, I would roll out the way and get, like, three hits. But now, if I just block it, then I'm getting, like, seven hits in. So I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> the only thing about blocking with the shield that it takes away from is being able to, like, chain attacks. But unless you're not, unless that's, you know, that's not how you're playing, then I guess it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, there's no bonus style points or anything, so. Yeah, thank God, because if there was rankings or like, oh yeah, you got gold rank, I would have got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, don't tell you what y'all think about this boss. 
Eh, I mean, it was, it was okay. I, I don't think, I was trying to think of if there were any bosses in this game that I really liked. There's only three. Yeah, I guess technically, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think, yeah, I guess so. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it was fine. Like, I, initially I was having issues with the, um, uh, what are those, like, pools of, uh, like, whatever that stuff is that she... She puts on the ground. Mm-hmm. The um, AOE. Yeah, I was having issues with that at first, and it doesn't checkpoint you. So, like, after you, I guess, take, you know, knock off, like, what is it, like, her fingernails or whatever, like, on one hand, and she gets, like, a bigger AOE. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I died there, like, at least two or three times just messing up that, and it was kind of annoying, but. Same. I mean, outside of that, that was it. Yeah, that's the one that caught me off guard is when she throws the bigger ones. Yeah. But then I figured you could just kind of dodge last second, and then you go the other op. So you dodge last second, and then you start going in the other direction, and then dodge last second again. And that was kind of helping me out a little bit. But, yeah, like Mark was saying, you could just use a shield, too, I think, on those. Up to a certain extent, I guess. After you block, like, three attacks, I think you can't use the shield anymore for a little bit. I tried the shield once on the AOE and it just it didn't work on that one, so I just had to roll for that. All the other stuff I could block. Any other comments about that area or the boss? Nah. It does one of those cardinal sins where like it throws an attack at you that if you don't if you literally don't know about it, you're gonna get hit by it. The little circle? That, like, or the blowing the blowing thing specifically. Oh because if you don't block it with the shield <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't using Brand- the shield um, until I got to that point, and I was just like, well, I guess I have to use it. Because I, I like experimenting with the weapons and switching between them, even though switching was kind of um, um, annoying. Bad. Um, yeah, it wasn't that, like, it was annoying that you get hit by this attack that you couldn't have known about, mm-hmm. but aside from that. The other thing. That was annoying um, on this area. Um, as far as like the the floating enemies, the, I guess they're like eyes, the ones that shoot beams at you. If you have multiples in an area, I started feeling the effects of what Dante and Marcus were talking about, where um, they they basically um, uh, like don't let you get back up, where they just keep tagging you. I don't know if you ever got into an infinite loop with that. I, I did, but I, I don't think it was... I don't remember what was the thing. I think it was the fodder enemies that I got into a loop. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine was like with those eyes that shoot beams at you. Like one, if I get hit yeah. by one, the other one would come around the corner and shoot at me like right when I got back up. And and it got annoying until I did start using the, the sword and shield. It was those guys with the the leaping frog type guys. Those were the two that um, would um, body me. And I think this area had a lot less environment that you could use in combat. Like there were no poles or there were rarely ever walls that you could run up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so your, your combat um, options were pretty limited until they gave you the sword and shield. And it's just like... You know, we're giving you all the cheat codes here. Basically, that's what opened up and made... I won't say made combat fun, but it made it... Bearable? (laughs) 
So I couldn't escape this thought, and it's something Giant Bomb talks about a lot, where um, it's kind of different in this case, but there's a lot of games where it feels like you unlock abilities that should have been unlocked right off the bat, more or less. So, like, I don't think this first Spider-Man for PS4 really did it, but I feel like there was some ability where they're like, oh, well, really this double jump or this jumping attack combo should have just been available to the player out the gate, and that's pretty much how I felt about blocking. <laughs> like, if they if they made the combat with the player having the block, and then also they could design around, you know, okay, the player has this tool as well as the dodge, I feel like a lot of stuff could have potentially been a lot better as far as the combat scenarios go, but... I agree with everything he said. I, I remember at one point, Dante, when me and him spoke, he was talking about, I was like, don't don't worry, there's going to be something later. But I even had in my notes, like, this is right after, um, I think it was right after, right before you get the bow, I wrote, not a fan of early combat so far. I wish I could block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... And then on my next com- my next comment that I wrote was hard to target specific enemies with the bow, <laughs> and that was you know the, my my two like the the way I wanted to play is like okay I don't have a shield so I'm gonna use this bow and keep people away from me oh damn like the slightest touch of the joystick and now I'm like aiming at somebody completely different cool well after that boss um, you get picked up by this messenger. Who comes, the peacock. Yeah, the the peacock comes to you, but there's a guy riding the peacock. The mystic, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, he basically tells you to hop on and come with me. Get in, loser. Um, and you fly off to fight um, the big bad, um, who is the main antagonist of the game. And on your way there, the guy who is riding the peacock um, gets injured. And he says, this is as far as I can take you. And you're back on foot. And that's where you get to, like, the jungle area. And this is where you're introduced to, like, humanoid enemies. What did y'all think of this section? Are these enemies? It was kind of short, but there are a few other elements to this, um, this area. This was, to me, the least, my least favorite part of the game. It was, a. Uh... I, I felt like this was the most generic of the environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think at this point, not gonna lie, I think I was like ready for the game to be over, which is like kind of feels weird to say because this is a relatively a short game, but I was just kind of like, this game is kind of wearing uh, a little on me. And I feel like this also was the most mythology dense part of the game mm-hmm. where I feel like you were like I took two steps here's a story about this god mm-hmm. I took another step here's another and it was like you're running into like seven or eight stories about various demigods and gods back to back and I'm not gonna lie like this part of the game I like there's gonna be a test at the end of the section I stopped paying attention to the like the mythology <laughs> And, like, I would just start, like, the cutscene, not the cutscene, but the, the dialogue. But then I would just run to the next one and start it, mm-hmm. run to the next one and start it. And then, so, like, I was just kind of like, okay, they're just, they're throwing in as much as they can. <laughs> Where it felt, like, more thought out prior to this part of the game. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm glad I, I, I don't feel bad that uh, I thought I felt like I was the only person doing that. <laughs> I, I wasn't doing it early in the game, but by the end, I was just kind of like, yeah, um, this isn't a main character. Like, this is just like, you know, extra, like <laughs> extra information, extra credit. And and I was thinking too, it's like if I really wanted to see this, like I'm sure this will be some codex or something in the menu. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> it wasn't. Um and it was I was kind of disappointed because a lot of the deities that they talk about weren't even used in the game. So I think you mentioned it earlier, Marcus, like they could have saved some of this for the sequel. Well, yeah, when I said a sequel too, it wasn't even necessarily like it had to be Raja, uh, excuse me, uh, Raji 2 or anything like that. But it could have just been like, oh, what is, um, uh, is it Nodding Head? What is Nodding Head's um, second game going to be? It's going to be another game based on Indian mythology or whatever. But now they're going to focus on this story instead. But it just kind of seemed like, and I, I don't blame them, but it just kind of seemed like... Um, well, we don't know if we're going to have the money to do this again. It was a struggle to get this game out, so we might as well. Like, we want to, you know, show out for our people or whatever, which I completely respect and understand. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of seemed like, oh, shoot. Like, we need to throw this stuff in. We created the assets, and, like, time is of the essence, and this game needs to come out in, like, two months. So it's just like, throw it in, throw it in, throw it in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know? And it, it just it felt rushed. And I think this is where the game started to feel rushed to me. Yeah. And I forgot to mention, the story is narrated by Durga, and then like all of the, um, like the stories, like whenever you click on the tapestries or the murals um, to find out about the other gods, um, Vishnu is the one who's telling those stories. And sometimes you'll hear narration from, it'll, it'll be like dialogue between Durga and Vishnu mm-hmm. that they're having. Um, There's a lot of dialogue in this game yeah. for no reason to me like one of the things that me and Dante were talking about and why I made that reference in the beginning is just like oh my god like this character doesn't shut up (laughs) who Raji yeah Yeah, it was a little jarring for me like whenever you're in the middle of combat like especially with bosses and you're fighting a boss and you do an attack and then all of a sudden she she throws out one you know one liner or something and that is for Golo. Yeah, it's just like, how do you have enough breath right now? That or it's just like, murder is okay, or whatever she said. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, I gotta kill these demons for my brother, or like, whatever. And it's just like, this girl is like a teenager, and she's talking about murder or something like that. Gotta grow up fast. Yeah, and I don't know how much, of, like, I don't know if I have the chops to critique the voice acting in this game, but it doesn't seem like the voice acting is good. Like, maybe it's accurate. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But it was very hard for me to, like, some of the lines she was saying just to get. I I agree. Like, I, I, I don't. I'm with you even down to, like, I'm not trying to critique or, like, say, like, the voice acting sounded funny or whatever. To me, it was just, it was too much. Mm-hmm. Like, there was too much voice acting and it was too like it wasn't like necessary and it didn't necessarily add anything like obviously the the voiceovers of the gods you know kind of narrating were fine um it was mostly just anything with raji it just kind of seemed out of place and it just it 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 made it to me it made that like i don't mean this in a bad way but it made the game feel more low budget (laughs) 
because it just didn't seem like it was like added for polish. It just seemed like we need to add this because it just feels empty otherwise. And it's just like when you do that to a game or anything, like when you add something as like a little razzle dazzle, it just seems out of place. And like a lot of times, the the dialogue just seemed out of place whenever she said anything. Yeah. Um, so someone mentioned the Naga earlier, the giant snake. Um, well, this is where you encounter that one and you run into the stealth portion of the game. I know you love this. I love stealth games. (laughs) I found it hilarious. Like I was probably audibly cackling when I saw this snake after we had just done Sekiro and I'm like, man. So you're this saying snake. Raju would get along with Sekiro? Uh, I, I don't know if she has the chops. I'm just making fun of that tweet you posted. Oh, uh, me. Oh, that was you that posted. <laughs> yeah, what, what did you think uh, about this, segment, this sequence? Eh, it, it was skippable. It was, I felt like it, it was a little too long. And there was like, it was just kind of like, it felt random. Like... I, I died a couple times. I died probably five, six times at this part. And it's just like, there's no rhyme or reason to when he looks away. And it, it it's never like on a... I don't know. It, I thought it was like, okay, cool. They're adding something different. But then I was just like, oh, this is the only sequence and they didn't do it that well. Oh, okay, cool, I guess. It was rather silly to me. I don't know if it's meant to be that way. Because even at the end, like... You grab a conch shell and you blow into it or something like that, and then you ride off on the Naga, like never ending story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they definitely were leaning into some stuff, like where the snake would get ultra close and then its tongue would start slithering. Like, it reminded me of those, like, really cheesy um, 3D movies back from the, like, early, I guess, early 2010s. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, so I can see that. I, I don't know. I just I didn't care for it. But I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Well, <clears throat> if that didn't tickle your fancy, um, you you may like the final boss. I don't think there was anything else leading up to the final. Well, that sequence with the um, with Golu, which we already talked about in the cool desert. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but then you uh, you fight. The final boss, uh, Maha Balasura, and he has some pretty cool abilities. I honestly don't. I'm I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> he said he's the one who tries to give you those hands. I don't remember the last boss. <laughs> he, he, he throws hands at you, literally. Uh, I've... and then he also has the trident where he like will do three swipes at you, or he'll use it to. Um, stab the ground and it'll shoot up from the ground like wherever you're standing he's the shadow clone boss he can yeah do the naruto thing i remember that part and oh i I completely skipped the most important part of this you get a new weapon that's probably why i didn't remember because i was just smashing the x button yeah (laughs) um so all of your weapons are replaced with your chakra and you like whenever you hit your attack button, um, this orb shoots out 
and um, it's like an automatic lock on. What y'all? The weapon was kind of OP. It was yeah. very OP. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember this boss, so he didn't really. This was the final boss. <laughs> I know, but I just, I just, I'm watching a video now. I'm like, oh yeah, I did fight him, but it just like at that part, it was just kind of like. I don't know. I don't think he was as memorable personally as the other. You're just over it at that point. Yeah, I guess. And also because I was just like using this new weapon and I was just like, okay, like I'm just trying to figure out how this thing works. And yeah, so when he did that little shadow clone thing too, I think I hit the right person within my first two or three and I'm watching this video and this person, it was like the last thing he hit. I'm just like, oh, well, sucks to be you. (laughs) Nah, like. I, I I was out the the back half of this game. <laughs> I was out. <laughs> like I don't know like why specifically, but I just was just like I just wanted the game to be over with. And like I do like don't even dislike this game really. Like I I don't feel like I'm as negative as like Dante and Greg are, but yeah, just the back half I just wasn't really feeling it. Well, to end the story um, you find out that Golu was the key for some reason and I think like the main villain was trying to open the gates of heaven I guess in order to wage war on the deities something like that I didn't exactly understand it and then it just had like a very um, abrupt Sopranos ending you hate to see it and, and that's the game. <laughs> Dude, these dudes really did not like this game. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to give it a fair let's, shot. Let's, let's wrap this up. I, I played it start to finish, and so did Greg, I'm pretty sure, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, man. Dang, you liked it that much? And played it all the way to completion? <laughs> I, I, like I don't know. I, I wanted this game to be more like uh, Prince of Persia. It actually reminded me of like the um, I don't know if y'all have ever played like the um, spinoff Assassin's Creed games where they're like two and a half D. You know better. Um, Assassin's Creed Chronicles. Is that Assassin's Creed fourteen or fifteen? They're they're Chronicles games. They're like that'd be like three point two and four point two. To answer your question, they're the ones. One is there's three of them. One is set in. Um, Isn't it like China, yeah, uh, Russia, and I think India? Um, that sounds right. Wait, wasn't there a Caribbean one? That no, that's the um, that was Rogue. No, that or no, that, that was, was Liberation actually. Yeah, no, not DLC, Liberation. Right? Um, um, ah, what was it called? It was a spinoff to, or a DLC for Black Flag, Freedom Cry. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Chronicles um, had three games. Um, but yeah, it kind of gave me those vibes. Like a game kind of like, I think it's maybe just the isometric thing, but I was like, I wanted it to feel and play more like, and I, I say this having not played Hades yet, but like I wanted it to feel like a super giant, like a, like a Bastion style game. And it just, it was not giving me that. So like, not at all. And 
that was a little bit disappointing because that's what like when I was looking at screenshots and everything prior to us playing the game, I was like, I had high hopes because I was like, this could be really cool. It's like uncharted territory as far as the story or um, you know the the setting, and I was just hoping that there would be more of a through line between that game, but there was not. Besides just the isometric view, I had no quarrels with this game. <laughs> we know. I'm not surprised. I think you are the most forgiving, which is there's nothing wrong with that. I think you you have the yeah you're you're willing to overlook the most amount of things, or I guess you also don't necessarily run, see them as problems in the same way that like Dante does or Greg does. Which is yeah, I think you're you're the the most fair or like least least harsh is probably the right way least harsh of the four of us. So that's not surprising that. You have any issues? So you would say, great game, great experience, Trevor. I'll say, good game, amazing experience. Amazing, amazing. yeah. Wow, well, I'm well, I'm talking I, about the overall experience of the game. The it, it getting introduced and like finding about this culture and everything. Yeah, and by good Can game, I ask you something. By good game, I'm talking about like all of the um, gameplay mechanics and. Even some of the fumbles that we we discussed. Gotcha. But as far as like the everything surrounding this game, um, I think it, they did an amazing job with it. Are you going to dig into more um, Indian and Balinese uh, mythology on your own, or is is this? Um, maybe I probably will eventually. Gotcha. Gotcha. It may not be like right, you know this this month or anything like that it may not stem from this game but eventually i will probably say oh yeah i remember um playing raji and and so this is similar so i don't i don't like to bring this up and we've done it uh maybe one or two times do you feel like this is a good like would you recommend this game I'm, I'm th- like specifically like the the value proposition. To Do you feel sp- specific people? I would not recommend this game to like a hardcore gamer. Sure, sure. But I just, if somebody I does like, like, if somebody liked uh, Brothers, yeah, I would show them this game. And be like, yeah, it has like some action gameplay to it, but it, it's not too intense. I guess. Do you feel like what they're charging for this game is... This game is always on sale. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I constantly get notifications because as soon as we put this game on the list, um, I think I like, signed up for um, that website that tells you whenever there's a deal on mm-hmm. specific games. And I did that for Raji, and it's always sending me notifications saying this game is on sale, at least on Switch. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, because I read I read a review that was saying isn't it like default or base price is twenty four ninety nine, something like that. And I think I think when we got it on sale, it was like like seventeen ninety nine, so it was like eight dollars off or something like I that. I think when I got it, it was like fifty percent off. It was well, like never mind, twelve dollars. Um, what about you, Greg? Great game, great experience. Um, I'm gonna say bad game okay experience bad game so this is like your least favorite game we've played this year yeah I think so you think so okay 
do you is there anything redeemable or anything that you liked about the game? Uh I thought the art style was was kinda okay, I guess. Um uh, that's really about it. I mean like I appreciate what they tried to do with the game, but it like I think the the package that was around it, or I guess the stuff outside of the gameplay, I appreciated, but the gameplay itself was what was kind of bringing it down for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, what about you, Dante? Great game, great experience? I'd say mediocre game and mediocre experience overall. And, okay. Um, yeah, pretty much I, I'm mostly sentiment, um, Cherry Simmons with Greg. I will say, like, don't take this the wrong way. I, I am super happy that this was an India, you know, like an indie game out of India, mm-hmm. and hopefully more of these get produced. I'd like a lot more of, a lot more timepiece games and also just culturally diverse games. That being said, I just did not enjoy my time here. I got some more for you. Much. <laughs> I know you. Do. He got a hey. whole list. I got some stuff for you guys. You guys know. There um, has to be balance. Where there is yin, there is yang. <laughs> um, the question I had for you, Dante, is, and I guess, would you would you play another game by this developer if they you know yes. they decided we were going to come out with a second game, maybe not even Indian mythology, whatever? Would you be interested to like? Is it the I'm gonna have to see those reviews first. Like, I, I will never, I will never turn down a studio. Like you could give me a studio that made a game that was a one, and if somebody turned around and said, "Hey, this new game, they they seem to figure things out and turn things around." I'll... Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I would say it's a okay game and a, a solid experience. Like I'm, I'm. I didn't dislike this game. There's a lot of things I didn't like, but I I really did enjoy like the environment being exposed to mythology that I wouldn't otherwise be exposed to and and I do appreciate like this is another contender, I guess you could say, or like a new a new face in the video game industry and I and I do hope that there are more like I I hope that this game uh inspired other people in India to be like want to get into the games industry and like put on for their country and maybe even you know people not from India like from other countries that aren't known for video games and putting on for their country and their mythology and culture as well so I am appreciative that we play this game even if we as a group for the most part weren't really feeling the game Um, I think there were some things there and I think there was like they had good ideas, but they just weren't fully realized in the way that I would have felt was enjoyable. Um, but I do hope that they have an opportunity, you know, the funding to continue to make video games. Um, don't know if we'll be playing them, but I hope that they are able to do that. Um, yeah. So I do have a question before we, we go through the outro. Okay. Um, are there any books or any type of literature that you would like to see developed into a game? 
I feel like we've asked this question, but it always leans movies. So I'm trying to think of a book. And I think it would be cool to do, like, like, it's going to be cheesy because people's only probably uh, exposure to this is the movie. But did you, any of you guys read the Wanted graphic novel? No. It was really cool because they were like, they were like superheroes and supervillains. And like in the movie, it's just like some regular guy and like he's in a league of assassins and everything. But in the comic book, they're like superheroes and supervillains. So like he he's killing... And it's been a while since I've read it, but like they have superpowers, and I think it would be cool to kind of, I guess maybe the boys and or um, Invincible may have treaded on this at least uh, as, as some with their their TV shows, but doing a playing a, a game where you are like the, I mean, anti-hero and you're like killing a lot of different. I, I guess it wouldn't be any different than like. No More Heroes, to an extent, where you're just like some regular Joe Schmo guy that's killing superheroes, but I think that could be really fun with like some of the powers and abilities that you're seeing. And they do have like the ability in the comic book too, to like, um, you know, bin bullets and stuff like that too, so that would be my choice.